0: Hello, all, and welcome to another episode of the Endless Spiral podcast. You're all very welcome. I am, as always, your host, Keith Russell. On this episode, we have Neve Orbinski back with us for part two of the discussion on developing a healthy relationship with food and exercise. I'm sure you all tuned in last week where we talked about food. So we'll do the second part of that today where we'll talk about exercise. So I just want to thank Neve for coming back for this episode and hopefully we'll wrap things up today. Um, Before I bring Neve in, I just have a couple of things I want to mention. Um, I'll do this very quickly. I had an article written about me yesterday from the guys at breakingnews.ie, just about me and my story and about the endless spiral and kind of what things are coming up in the future. And they had it as their lead story yesterday on the website. So I just want to thank the guys for that, because it does help raise awareness for kind of men's mental health and everyone's mental health, really, and body dysmorphia. So I want to thank the guys for that. Uh, one more thing, and this is for Neve. This isn't for me. I've had a couple of questions sent in to me from our podcast last week, and that is, what exactly is intuitive eating, uh, Neve? I'll hand the floor over to you if you want to try and give that a go for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. When I get asked this question, it's hard to like boil it down into a sentence, but I'll do my best. Okay. Um, So intuitive eating is the complete opposite of any diet that tells you exactly what, when and how much to eat. And it brings the focus from external cues to internal ones. So we rely on things like hunger cues, fullness cues, and satisfaction cues to guide our eating. So it helps to either develop interoceptive awareness or break down barriers that we may have to interoceptive awareness. So to explain a little bit about what interoceptive awareness is, because I'm sure people have never heard this phrase before, um, basically, interoceptive awareness is the ability to notice signals that come up in the body and thus be able to respond to them in the physical uh or in the in the exact moment right so for example um when you need to go to the toilet you get that signal just in the moment don't you you don't plan okay it's now 10 a.m and my toilet break is at 12 p.m and i can't go to the toilet until 12 p.m so that we don't do that. We just feel the signal that we've got a full bladder and then we respond to it by going to the toilet. But we don't really do that with food. We've got lots of rules and restrictions and ideas around when we should eat, how much we should eat uh, and what exactly we should eat in that moment. So intuitive eating um, kind of gets rid of all that and um, pulls all those rules away, tries to reconnect you with your own internal signals um, and then allows you to um, guide your eating decisions based on those signals so it was developed by two dietitians in the us in the 1990s yeah. um, and is an evidence-based framework that has over 140 studies touting its benefits so things like um increased body satisfaction increased self-esteem um, and ensure eaters tend to have a lower bmi lower body fat percentage um, there's tons and tons of benefits and um, but the the best way to describe an intuitive eater is the baby that I mentioned in our last yeah, session, I think. Yeah. So um, that is an intuitive eater. Um, a baby instinctively knows when they're hungry, when they are too full, when they've had enough, when they don't like a food, when they really enjoy a food. Um, so yeah, it's all about trying to get you back in touch with your own signals, because we get very disconnected mm-hmm. with these because of all the messages, you know, we'll hear Eat at a certain time, but don't eat after 7 pm and have this for breakfast, or maybe have this amount of calories during the week, but then you can up the calories at the weekend. Like there's just so many rules. So there's no rules, no tracking, no anything like that in intuitive eating.
0: Right. Okay. So brilliant. Okay. So I suppose I'm probably going to make a, I'm probably going to make a balls of this now, but it's oversimplified. Is this, I suppose mm-hmm. it's to stop you maybe binging so if you're restricting something you kind of have a craving for it and you end up just binging is it, I suppose it's par- partly that is it
1: yeah like that's a huge part of intuitive eating I know you mm-hmm. said um, before I came on Keith can you yeah. say it in a few sentences
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a huge framework it's massive Um, but yes absolutely because um, like dieting is the biggest predictor of binge eating so mm. dieting increases binge eating by up to 18 times wow. which is crazy <laughs> um because if someone says to you don't think about pink elephants mm. all you can think about is pink elephants mm. so if you think i cannot have the chocolate bar on a wednesday evening you will be constantly thinking about that chocolate bar mm. and then because of diet mentality because it's very all or nothing So I'm either all in or I'm all out. The minute you have the nibble of the chocolate bar, it's like, oh, I'm here now. I might as well have one bar and two bars and three bars because I have to make the most of it in this moment. Um, So yeah, intuitive eating helps to um, reduce binging because we remove those rules.
0: Right, okay, get you. Okay, brilliant. So there you go, a couple of sentences. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah if anyone um if anyone is really kind of confused follow me on instagram it's the best way to get a kind of feel for um what intuitive eating is and i've got a blog on my website as well explaining it um so if anyone is interested they can go to com to just get a little bit more information on it as well
0: yeah and it's your tr- Neve on instagram as well isn't it
1: yeah. yeah
0: brilliant okay perfect right so on to part two <laughs> Um, so today we're gonna to do the exercise well I say exercise but I know you prefer to call it movement so we'll which terminology are we using today is it exercise or is it movement
1: let's let's use movement just so that we can get That's, into this new mindset
0: all right okay right so uh right so I have to redo my whole website thanks very much so <laughs> <laughs> right so today we're going to be doing movement um so we'll we'll do this a little bit unscripted so because let's just start from the beginning and let's just we'll take this that I know nothing about what we're doing because obviously I don't because I've been 20 years trying to figure this out. (laughs) So what is I I suppose if we start off what is or why is it is it important to have a healthy relationship with movement.
1: Okay. I'm going to use myself as an example here, um, because I think uh, stories are always the best way to illustrate why this is really important. Um, So I hated exercise, let's say, right? I hated it when I was in college, probably after college as well. Um, It was always something that I felt like I had to do and it was connected to um, maintaining a body shape or a weight loss since I was about 13, 14, I'd say. Um, And I had built up this story in my mind that I hated exercise. That was it. I just hated it. It was just something that I had to do because it was better for my health to exercise every so often. And so then. um, One of my friends dragged me along to a yoga class. And I was going through something difficult at the time, and she thought it would be really good for me mentally. So I went along anyway. I was a little bit of an eye roller when it came to yoga and didn't really know what to expect. It was a little bit scared, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Went into the class and it just totally changed my experience with exercise because of the level of acceptance that was in the class that I, the particular class that I went to. So my experience of exercise, let's say before, was being at the gym, sweating as hard as you can, burning as many calories as you can, um basically just going balls to the wall for an hour and nothing else counted so it it was all or nothing with me when Mm -hmm. i came to exercise whereas when i went into this first yoga class it was so gentle and gentle in its approach not in how difficult it was for my body so i kind of had this paradox going on where it was difficult but it was calm and that was so different to my previous experience with exercise it was like every minute I was on the treadmill, I hate it. I was <laughs> like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. So, I'm reinforcing this belief that I hate exercise. So, then I practiced religiously for like only once a week, I think, for about six months. And then I went on and did my yoga training, and now I teach yoga and, and absolutely love movement. And the reason why it's so important to have a healthy relationship with movement is like, I'm like a walking example. If I had never experience joy with movement like i did with yoga i would still be the girl that hates exercise and probably wouldn't do it very often and um, so if you have a healthy relationship with it and it's something that you really enjoy doing rather than something you have to do you will engage in it more often than if you don't
0: yeah 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 i'm so similar i mean i i as we look, we we all know my uh, problem with exercise and food, which is the whole reason why we're here in the first place. But I mean, I play five side football and we could play for an hour and a half. And I, I love it. And I wouldn't even notice I'm there. Mm-hmm. And I know I did never wore my watch, but I wore it once just to try. It and I was like, no, I know that this isn't why we're doing it. But I had like twelve or 1,300 calories burned. I didn't even know I was there, if you know what I mean. Mm. and then even and I started the yoga myself in the last few weeks and I exactly know what you mean but then even yesterday I said to myself well, I, I'll try going the treadmill and just do a little bit and it's the same it's like 15 20 minutes in and I have to put the ipad in front of me to try and take my mind off what I'm doing because it's just torture yeah. and you're yeah. constantly looking at the dials in front and mm. you know it's going up and down and you're like oh my jeez I just want to get off this you know, it's just the, the mindset is just so important.
1: Yeah, like I came off, um, I, just before we came into the meeting, I came off a session with a client and we were talking all about movement. And um, she shared this realisation that she thinks she actually doesn't like the gym. I'm like, that's totally cool. How about we just give up the gym? Yeah. How about we explore other options? You know, what else do you, do, do you think you would love to do? Can we... Can we start there? Because life is too short to be Mm. punishing yourself through militant exercise. There are so many different forms of movement that you can do. I mean, I adore yoga. If I'm buzzing, like I'm going into a hot yoga class later on this evening and I'm buzzing for it. Like I cannot wait. If I had to go to the gym for an hour, I would be dreading it, like it would just take over my whole day and life's too short for that. And so I love yoga, but that doesn't mean somebody else will love yoga and that's totally fine. You know, if it's maybe it is the gym, maybe somebody loves the gym or they love spinning or they love hiking or they love swimming or surfing or dance or barre or Pilates, like there are Mm -hmm. so many different forms of movement out there. And let's also remember, Keith, that playing with your kids in the backyard mm. or playing with your dog or gardening or hoovering are all forms of movement and they all count so whether <laughs> it is i'm sorry i was on. gonna
0: say you've been looking at my instagram haven't you <laughs> <laughs> i posted a yeah. post last week and the sweat was dripping off me and i don't even hoovering for about a half an
1: hour series <laughs> yeah. workout getting the hoovering, yeah right? yeah definitely <laughs> yeah um but you know i think and this is where why i use the word movement because i, I feel like it's more encompassing mm. that there's there's nothing wa- wrong with the word exercise but i think we've attached exercise to being something that i have to do so exercise is the gym but it's not hoovering whereas movement could be the gym or hoovering or playing with your kids
0: yeah yeah okay so what if somebody kind of people will, will yoga give people maybe the same impact that say say they love going to the gym but Mm. they're probably loving it for the wrong reasons if you know what i mean Mm. Well, yoga kind of give them the same maybe the same experience or maybe the same uh how i'm trying to put this kind of politely maybe not give them the same body shape if you know what i mean Mm. maybe it's that Mm -hmm. it's, it's so important or maybe someone's body shape is important like you could be a model you know it could be it could be your income like you know you could be a model or something like that and you kind of ha- they feel like they have to go to the gym all the time yeah well doing something else kind of give them the same the same results
1: yeah um definitely just depends on the form of mm. yoga that you went for so okay. there are so many different types of yoga i mean okay. i teach yin yoga and i teach vinyasa so like when i'm going in this evening for my hot class that's vinyasa in a okay. heated room, like it is not easy <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to ease myself back in after six months of not being in hot yoga <laughs> um but yeah like yoga can be as easy or as difficult as you want it to be um if somebody is starting off I wouldn't recommend to go to the hot vinyasa class as your first kind of step into the space because if I had done that for my first class I probably would have never gone back um you know, so I think it like with every, any movement. To be honest, you know, we need to like bed in softly um, and yeah. start small, not go from zero to hundred. Mm. Um, but like if it is, you know, building muscle, for example, like yoga uses your body weight, mm. um, so it's still strengthening your muscles. Um, yeah. and that's not to say that yoga has to be someone's only exercise, you know, or only form of movement. They mm. they could still yeah. do strength training, if yeah. if uh, and. Like pair it with a yoga session. Um, like I um, was teaching um, a hurling team yesterday evening, just after their games. Now we weren't doing anything too crazy because they were after they were bet, I'd say, after playing for the whole afternoon. Um, <laughs> but it's really important that we have these different forms of movement in our um, our practice as well, because you know if you only do let's say strength training, you only lift weights, your body will be so tight. Mm. It, it, yeah. And then if you can go into a yoga class where you, you improve your flexibility and you lengthen out your muscles, like your yoga practice will improve your other forms of movement. So improve yeah. how deep you can go when you're lifting weights. Um, and like, I see this with, like I have men in my class that have been coming to me for years and they're runners and they've said that they're running is now much better. The recovery time is better because of their yoga practice.
0: Wow. So it's complimentary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, i like I said, I've been trying yoga for the last two weeks, and I've discovered I'm like the Tin Man out out of, out of, out of the, mm. the Wizard of Oz. I just I just can't move. I just yeah. shout like I'm, yeah. It's just so it's so it's so it's so different. Yeah, you know? it's
1: yoga uses a completely different range of muscles than mm. say like strength training would, um, and they both have a place, of course. But um, like I I also, I teach some private classes as well and um, um some of the kind of older people that have came to me for privates because they feel like they're too exposed in a public class and they want to go at a, at a level that mm. they feel comfortable with. And things like balance and mobility, you know, mm. this is going to keep your joints supple, keep you mobile, keep your posture right. even with things like um, arthritis as well, like Mm. creating space in between the joints, especially among the spine, you know, we sit all day where like, our our discs Mm. are literally sitting on top of each other. So through yoga, you like, you can lengthen out your body. I mean, I grew an inch through my yoga training.
0: Did you? Wow, okay.
1: The reason what now i didn't obviously grow but i just you it was just because it, yeah. i was I'm, I'm lengthening my body out so there's there's more space in between the discs um so yeah there's massive massive benefits to having the old yeah. practice so fair play
0: <laughs> well we'll see how, <laughs> how it goes new. yeah <laughs> so how does this tie in with i suppose our chat from last week so how does the you know how does the the healthy relationship with food and exercise tie in together? Because obviously they are connected in some way.
1: Yeah, um, like with with my work, Keith, I usually break it down into four different categories. Um, so you've got relationship with food, and this is where the intuitive eating comes in. So trying to strip away the rules and build back up new habits that suit you. Mm-hmm. Then you've got um body image body image is a huge piece of what I do as well then you've got nutrition and then you have intuitive movement Um, because if you're looking at trying to improve your health say you know we need a healthy relationship with food I need to eat healthy as well but we also need a healthy relationship with movement and move our bodies So the the common denominator here between intuitive eating and intuitive movement is satisfaction. So with intuitive eating, we want to find satisfaction in the eating experience and satisfaction in the body through food, because food is incredible as to how amazing it can make you feel. And not feel at the same time Mm. and the same can be said for movement like movement can make you feel absolutely incredible and also not make you feel great. So because movement and food are so closely connected, that's why there is a whole principle within intuitive eating called um, joyful movement.
0: Joyful movement. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw Um, or actually I read a, a quote there this morning. So I, just, I wrote it down here. So don't in don't exercise to eat, eat to exercise. Mm. Would you would you agree with that? Or is-
1: yeah like to fuel it fuel mm. your movement i guess yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like um i last week i was going into a class and i do these calculations in my head subconsciously that when was the last time i ate you know it was four and a half hours ago am i going to get through this class because i've learned from my experience that if i do not eat something to top up the fuel stores i won't perform as well and if you're not eating to fuel your movement, you'll find it very difficult to pro- progress as well. So nutrition is such a huge role in um, your progression when it comes to movement. So like if you are, your tummy is completely empty, you've got no circulating glucose, your body will go to your muscle to break that muscle down, to supply energy to you to burn those 600 calories. So eating a very limited amount of food is not going to progress your um your exercise regime um yeah. it'll actually do the opposite so you want to make sure that you're always fully fueled when it comes into uh comes to yeah. you know stepping into a movement practice
0: mm. would you have anything in particular before your yoga classes or anything specific you have or is it, is it whatever you feel like yeah
1: it depends on you know i wouldn't suggest having a full meal um probably up to two hours before um like a banana is always my go-to because okay, it's given right. me that quick kind of re- or quicker release of energy Um, you know maybe a yogurt you know as long as you've had kind of a meal in the last kind of four hours let's say three to four hours then um just topping it up with some banana some peanut butter maybe some oatcakes, cakes maybe some yogurt something that's going to mean that you have the energy to move through practice um, so, like, this is where my nutritionist brain comes in. Like, but I wouldn't eat an old cake before, straight before I go into a class because that's not, that energy is not going to be released in time for me to use it. So, that's why I choose the banana instead.
0: Okay, right. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, I suppose people need to kind of um, be realistic about their expectations with all of this. I suppose it's not a quick fix either. And I suppose that's the problem with, especially with me, is that uh, maybe I'm sure a lot of people as well, as they use exercise as a quick fix so say they're going on holiday in a few months and they go right i'll have mm. to kill myself in the gym because i have to use this certain amount of weight you know this was like it's not a, it's not a quick fix
1: Mm-mm. and it shouldn't no. be and no and i mean like exercise is not something that you do once and then mm. you're fit for life like it's yeah. a, it's a practice that you need to maintain over your lifetime and going back to why is a healthy relationship and movement important that's important that's why it's important because It won't be something you'll maintain long term if it is just that stick the plaster on something, get my body into certain shape for this event and then forget about it afterwards. Um, And if you can focus on how you feel internally when you're moving rather than how you look externally, that will completely flip the script and change your mindset as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. okay. And do you have a different approach, say, to or, or compared to a personal trainer? Like what would the difference be?
1: big question it depends on the pt like i have a friend who's an amazing pt and Mm. she is she's big into functional movement
0: okay
1: um so the, the the main difference Keith is that i teach functional and not aesthetic so i don't care if you don't look a certain way as long as you're feeling the posture in a certain area of the body then you're doing it good job and a pt can be exactly like that too so to be honest it just depends on the pt um of course i'm a yoga teacher i'm not a pt Um, and obviously pts will have more experience in, in, in 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 you know wide ranging forms of movement um but yeah that's the kind of the main difference i would always if i was looking for a pt tomorrow i would look for someone that allows me to listen to my own body so if i go to a pt and they say to me, I don't care that you're tired, I want you to do 50 laps around the pitch. I'd be like, see you later. Because uh, like my body is telling me something and that needs to be taken into account in the conversation. Um, Of course, some people pre- like prefer to be pushed. I'm probably not that person. I've been to boot camp in the past where it's like, "Nave, drop, and I'm like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> I have walked out of boot camps in the past.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but um yeah, so that's that's what I'd be looking for. Um I'd also be looking for a PT that tries to connect me with how I feel in my body um rather than what my body looks like. Hmm. So my progress is not measured purely on the number on a scale um or how many you know, laps I did on the pitch today, for example. Um, yeah. it's how movement makes me feel. If a PT is doing that, then I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and we have some some great like body inclusive, weight inclusive, PTs around the country as well. Um, that number is growing. It's still quite small. Um, okay. But um, yeah, I think just like everyone deserves to move, no matter um what size body you're in
0: exactly exactly um I, I think we'll wrap that up because as I said I like to kind of keep these podcasts short because I know they can be quite um a bit heavy for some people to listen to and I hope they're not but they can be you know maybe to use the pun like, hard to digest at times so um we might leave that there and if you have anything you want to add before we go do you think that we've covered everything
1: yeah I think so like the what I can say is to just explore, like if people can just, you know, explore different forms of movement, try something new and make it fun. So I said to my client earlier, make it fun. That mm. should always be in the 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 conversation is how can I make this movement fun? And if that movement is really not fun for you, then maybe it's not the movement for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Um so if anyone's getting in touch with Eve, it's uh nutritionwithneve.com. And it's your new nutrition with Neve on Instagram, isn't it? It's all the same.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Brilliant. Okay, guys, I think we leave that there. I think we've covered just about everything. Um, I'll be doing another podcast on Friday and I've got a couple lined up next week as well. So I'll be talking to you all again very soon. Bye for now.